a kicker was kicked by his coach. You can't make this stuff up. Welcome back to the opinionated sound room of ISM. I'm Dave, and I'm joined by my look-alike with a deeper voice, Josh. And this is Irreverent Sports Meandering, a podcast where two brothers from two states away try to bond by arguing, arguing sports. If you want to join in the irreverence and let us know your opinion, you can email us at ismdaveandjosh at gmail.com. We have a great show for you tonight. We are going to do our top five coaches to not win a Super Bowl, break down the top five games of the week, and one of them is always the Bears, and self-medicate over our fantasy football depression. But first, is the RPO ruining quarterbacks' careers? Today is December 15th. 2021 let's get irreverent well josh there's a a new trend in the nfl over the last four or five years uh i think maybe even starting with cam newton um the rpo the run pass option um and it seems to be getting quarterbacks injured pretty quickly and a lot um i know that your fantasy football team on a lesser level was um, affected this week, um, but the Ravens overall were affected. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, I just remember when we were a kid, you know, quarterbacks were treated like they were we had a glass because you were paying them a ton of money and they were mm-hmm. your franchise. And now, for some reason, they think it's it, it makes sense for the quarterback to go out and run for 100 yards, putting them in the you know position to get hit at least five, six more times than normally would, you know, in a, uh, in a game, uh, causing, you know, random injuries, body, you know, you know, body breakdown, whatever, you know, like Josh Allen for a hundred yards the other day, got hit a bunch, you know, that's not going to lengthen his career. Yeah. Um, and they're going to pay him like $250 million. So I, I think it's the, I think this, this run pass option for the quarterback is definitely like, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I don't think it's smart. Well, so I think, well, quarterbacks themselves look different than they did. You know what I mean? Like we've got a lot like faster quarterbacks. Um, we have quarterbacks who aren't great throwers, but are great runners. Like I would tell you that Josh Allen's not a great passer, but he's a good, he's a good passer. But when you add his legs to the game, he's outstanding, you know, and the same thing with Lamar Jackson. Um, and even to a lesser degree, maybe Kyler Murray, because Kyler Murray, I think, is a really good passer, like maybe better than average. Um, but on a different level, I actually don't like the RPO. I feel like it, it it's kind of, I don't know, the running plays aren't as dynamic. Um, I feel like we're always seeing running plays out of the shotgun, which if you ever play Madden, <laughs> all right, they don't work. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Not that Madden is the end all, but I actually don't enjoy the RPO. And I think I agree with you. We're seeing quarterbacks get injured at a much higher rate than ever before. Um, and it's not because the defense is injuring them. It's because they're taking so many hits, you know, or, or they're, I've never seen quarterbacks um, dive or uh, slide as much as I have this year. You know, it's like the art of the slide. Um, there's good ones and there's bad ones. Kyler Murray's the best though. Cause he played baseball. Yeah. I, I'd have to say that like, it really, the Josh Allen in my mind actually has a, has a big NFL arm. And, and I would say it's just short of elite at this point because he's very accurate. He's very good in the pocket. So when you have a coach like McDermott who has him running more than just his, you know, normal, you know, evasive action, get a couple yards and a broken play. Um, you're really like, you're putting a guy who's going to be the reason you win a Super Bowl in harm's way. Just like Patrick Mahomes, like Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't, he's not getting called a bunch of RPOs. You know, he's letting his running backs do the work mostly. Um, and uh, there's a reason for that. It's because he's worth Nine hundred million dollars. Yeah, but his yeah. arm, his arm is way, way better than that's true. Josh Allen. I don't that's think. True. Okay, that's true. And I'll, I'll take it down to Lamar Jackson, even who doesn't have an NFL arm. Now, no, in no. his particular circumstance, I would say maybe that makes a lot of sense because that's his. I mean, he's mostly dangerous because of the fact that he's 
you know, the fastest guy in the football field and can still throw the ball a little bit. Um, but I mean, Kyler Murray's, I would say is like kind of the perfect hybrid between, you know, Mahomes and Lamar. And I just, you know, I, the amount he runs, the amount that a lot of the younger guys who do have legs run is, I think is a little bit silly because they are, you are not going to go to the Super Bowl if your quarterback's hurt. You're not, well, or I should say, I, you know, apart from the Philadelphia Eagles in 2018, but. Well, let's, let's be real here too. Like, I mean, as, as Bears fans, we see Justin Fields, man, and he takes a ton of hits. I mean, mm-hmm. a ton of hits. And we are not lengthening his career by any means. In fact, I was reading an article from 2014 this week on Cam Newton and Ron Rivera and how they were telling Ron Rivera he needed to stop letting his quarterback get nailed. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, no, this is good for him. He's going to he's learning the game and and he's going to be even better. I don't know if that's true. No, his, fact, his career came to a very quick halt. A very quick halt, right? Like he was top of the mountain in 2013, and then he sort of dipped pretty quick. Very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we agree on this. I think the RPO is not a positive um, for the quarterback, and I and I actually don't think it's a positive for the NFL. Um, but this is the thing with the NFL is it goes in waves. You know what I mean? Th- there's always been like the T formation and then, then the I formation and then the wishbone and defenses just learned how to play defense against them and against them and made them um, not as great. Eventually defenses will figure out how to um, play the RPO better and they won't run it as much. I think we've already kind of seen that already um, this year, especially with uh, Josh really? Allen and Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. I think defenses yeah. have learned that all you have to do is contain and blitz. And right. that's and now pretty much you've stopped Lamar Jackson and then Josh Allen is far less effective too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So yeah. Eventually you have a good point. Eventually in the NFL, you've got to be able to be accurate with your throws. So if Josh Allen is going to become an elite quarterback, which I don't put him at that yet, but if he does, it's going to be because he throws the ball better, not because mm-hmm. he runs the ball better. Agreed. Awesome. Um, well, uh, Josh, our list this week um, was kind of brought about after, I think, last week, where we did the top five coaches um, that won Super Bowls. All right. Um, this week, we're going over the top five coaches that did not win Super Bowls. Um, I'm interested to hear kind of kind of where you're at. I think we have a different list because I think we look at things differently um, with how we rate coaches. Hmm. So let's start it off. Let's hear your number five. Uh, my number five is uh, actually I'm starting it off with a new newbie because I actually think he's the best coach in the NFL right now. Um, apart from, you know, the obvious <laughs> Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. Um, but Sean McVay, I think, is going to is already shown that he is a great coach. He has brought a lot of new things as far as offense are concerned to the NFL. Um, and, uh, he's also one of those coaches that doesn't, you know, think it's just him. He knows that it's the talent around him that helps him be successful. He's already been to a Super Bowl. He's been in the playoffs three out of five years. He's probably going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I have like a, a massive amount of respect for him. So that is my number five. Wow. I think he's only a hyped up Matt Nagy. What? Yeah, I think he's got a. I think he's Matt Nagy with with a with more talent on the offense. Okay, that's that's kind of where I stand on it. But and 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 you'll see. I, I talk about him a little bit later tonight uh, today during our um, breakdowns and our uh, replays of the week. So you'll you'll hear. But um, my number five is uh, Don Coriel. Do you know who that is? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Eric Coriel, like he he created um, this new offense where we pass. Like there would be no Sean McVay, there would there would be no um, Andy Reid um, uh, without Don Coriel. Don Coriel um, was a huge innovator um, in the pass game. He coached the Cardinals um, from seventy three to seventy seven, and the Chargers from seventy eight to eighty six. 
Um, in fact, listen to this. So the Cardinals, since they left Chicago and went to St. Louis, and they were the St. Louis Cardinals, in the 26 years they had been there, they had never had a winning season. As soon as Don Coriel got there, three straight double-digit win seasons. And then he had four straight years in the playoffs and two straight AFC championship games with the Chargers, um, kind of reinventing um, that uh, San Diego Chargers team. Um, he had uh, there are a couple coaches that he had as assistants who became Super Bowl winning coaches, John Madden and Joe Gibbs. You know, and Joe Gibbs, we don't really think of as a as a passing kind of coach. Um, but John Madden and Joe Gibbs uh, came off his coaching tree. So that's why I have his number five. But you should watch it. His offense is really good. He would have won a Super Bowl um, if it wasn't like negative 15 degrees in Cincinnati in the AFC championship against the Bengals. Mm. And then they would have played the 49ers in that Super Bowl. And I think they would have won. Interesting. Yeah. Um, who's your number four? I got Marty Schottenheimer. Okay. Um, he's got a 201-26 record, which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just a really good, solid coach. I think his downfall was always, like, you know, playing super conservative near ends of games where things would get away from him. Uh, but other than that, I, you know, he was pretty much everything you wanted in a, quarterback, in a uh, coach, but you just couldn't get over the hump. Um, that's what I got. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Marty Schottenheimer is a great choice. Um, I have him uh, not at number four. At number four, I've got Bud Grant. Um, he's the first coach um, to lose four Super Bowls <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as the Vikings head coach. From 67 to 83, he was there. Um, and then he retired, and they automatically went 3 and 13 the year after he left. And then he went back in 1985. And they automatically went back to seven and nine. And then he retired again. Um, Yeah, he was a great coach. Listen to this. 17 years in the NFL. All right. 158 wins. But before he had those 158 wins, he had over 100 wins in the Canadian Football League. You know, he's kind of like the Warren Moon of coaches. (laughs) He He had 11 division titles and 12 playoff trips. And someone who was one of his assistants, who's won a Super Bowl, Pete Carroll. Mm, interesting. I thought that was it. I didn't know Pete Carroll was that old. Like, yeah, he's pretty old. Yeah, that's shocking to me. Okay, go ahead. Who you got for your number three? Got Bud Grant. So yeah, you do. All that stuff. Uh, who do you got for number three? Or got number three? Yeah, for my number three, I got Dan Reeves. All right, so this is going to get boring. I have the same guy for my number three. Oh, for your number two, you mean? <laughs> or for my number uh, two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got Dan Reeves. Um, let's let's just talk about the reasons here. I got – he had 23 seasons um, with 190 wins. What do you got? I mean, he went to four Super Bowls, lost the ball, but – Yeah, yeah, he did. Ironically, he, he, did. he his last one that he lost was – to the team that he failed to win one with three other times. So that yeah, was that sad. was that was interesting. That's ironic and sad. <laughs> yeah, and listen to this. He so he won coach of the year twice, right? None of them with the Broncos. Interesting. One of them with the Giants in '93. Um, and then the Falcons in '98 when they uh lost the Super Bowl to the Broncos. Um oh. and I do you have another staff for him? No. Um, he also ties for the most playoff wins for a coach to not win the Super Bowl with 11. Ah, okay. Saw so those guys. All right. And then my number two, because your number two is Dan Reeves, um, my number two is George Allen. All right. Is he your number one? No, he's not. Okay. George Allen uh, coached the Rams and the Redskins. And his winning percentage, are you ready for this man? Was 681. 681. Um, he was coach of the year in 67 and 71. Um, he had zero. You listen to this? Zero losing seasons. Interesting. Yeah, not one losing season. 
and the, and the Super Bowl he went to, he got beaten by the undefeated Dolphins team. Oh wow! Yeah, so that, that was that stinks for him. Um, but he had no losing seasons, and he was always known for playing veterans um, over younger players and trading away draft picks for veterans constantly. He was kind of the uh, the uh, the Los Angeles Rams before the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. Actually, technically, he coached the Los Angeles Rams. So I guess he wasn't. All right. Who's your number one? Number one is Marv Levy. Uh, he went to four straight Super Bowls. He took his team to the playoffs eight out of ten years. Uh, in a, Or, sorry, uh, eight out of nine years. Um, really? He only coached uh, for nine years? No, no, no. He coached for... An additional three, but he didn't make okay. it. I, I shortened it up so it sounds more impressive. You know, that's how you do things. <laughs> you didn't know that. So, from '88 to '96, he took his team to the playoffs eight out of nine years. <laughs> um, obviously, he's a great coach. Probably, I mean, I actually feel like actually viscerally sad for him because they were awesome. And they just kept running into buzz saws year after year. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it, it came down to, like, a field goal one year where uh, I think his name was John Norwood. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott Norwood. Scott Norwood. And, uh, yeah, he just he, he missed the last field goal, and it was totally makeable. And he totally had made, a, like, great field goals all year long, and he just missed the one. So because Do you know of how that long one, that field goal was? I have no idea. I think it was 48. It's still makeable. It's not. It's makeable, but it's, it's a really long field goal still. Yeah, sure. You know, sure. There's a great document. There's a great 30 for 30 um, uh, called, I think it's called the four falls. Yeah. The four falls of Buffalo. Um, and it's really, really good. I, I encourage you to watch it. Um, but I agree with you. It is sad that he, he lost that many. Um, he is not on my top five. Um what? because I didn't feel like he was an innovator of offense. Like he, he kind of stole the run and the stole it from the Cincinnati Bengals. So, so you, so you think um, he's still great. He's still great. Don't get me wrong. He's just not in my top five. I don't know. That's crazy to me. You go to four Super Bowls. He coached coached before the, the bills and, and he wasn't successful there. In case as well. Where, where, where was it? Was it KC? In, in KC. And was it KC? He, okay. He was successful in the Canadian League. What? Oh, he was in the oh he was in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, he won two Grey Cup championships. He so, did. So poo poo to what you just said. Really? Really? I know my voice got really high there. I feel very foolish. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, with the. Uh, what was it? The Montreal Alouettes, huh? I don't know. Was that? I don't know. <laughs> is, that, is that who it was? I don't know. <laughs> but he also coached the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that's true. And he didn't have any success there. That's true. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's, he's still a great coach. Like, still one of the most underrated coaches ever. Um, but my number so, one. Yeah, I was going to say, well, who's your number one? Marty Schottenheimer is your number one. He didn't yeah. even... He's got the most wins um, by a coach who's not won the Super Bowl. 200. Um, he, he barely missed going to Super Bowls on iconic moments. The drive. Where John Elway goes down in just over two minutes. And before that was like a trendy thing and everyone could do it. <laughs> John Elway did it. Um, and then the very next year, the fumble. Ernest Biner running the end zone to win the game, and he fumbles at the one-yard line to lose the game. You know, those are iconic moments. He probably would have won some Super Bowls. Um, he coached the Browns from 84 to 88, the Chiefs from 89 to 98, and then one, one w- ridiculous year with the Redskins, <laughs> and then the Chargers from 02 to 06. He had 13 seasons in the playoffs, um, again, most wins by a coach who never won a Super Bowl. And listen, listen to his coaching tree. Bill Cowher, Tony Dungy, Bruce Arians, Mike McCarthy. 
that's a pretty solid coaching tree. Yep. So, what do you think? Number one? Nope, but you can have your opinion. Um, <laughs> but it's funny you should uh, give me such a great segue into the, if you know this, you're a nerd question of the week. Okay. Um, Marshawn Hunter did lose to John Elway on the drive. Um, exactly how many yards was the drive, Dave? Ooh. Um... Eighty-one. Nope. Seventy-two. <laughs> it was ninety-eight yards. Wow! I did not realize it was that long. Ninety-eight yards. Wow! Yep. Like I don't know if you watch if you've ever rewatched that whole thing. I have. Um, yeah. But man, that's that's amazing. Mm. That's amazing. Hello? I love how you were just going to start throwing numbers out there. <laughs> 81, 72. I was going to go, I was going to go down by nine each way. <laughs> I didn't think there's any way it was more than 81. <laughs> I wonder why you said 81 though. Why wouldn't you say 80? At think, least like a, I think like 81 a, is how many yards Joe Montana did. In his against, drive the against, against the Bengals. I think that's why that I thought be, 81. They might be right. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that either, but we'll double check that. All right. Well, let's let's go ahead. I love these questions, by the way. Um, let's go ahead and let's break down the top five games of the week. And one of them is always the Bears. Speaking of, the Bears went into Green Bay, had the lead at halftime, and lost 45 to 30. Uh, Josh, what are the things that uh, kind of fell out of the sky to you oh i don't know the game was just fun to watch to be honest there was, an, it was. this is like one of those games that like obviously we're gonna lose the fact that we we're in it at all was just exciting and mm. uh then we lost like we all knew we were going to so it really yeah. just played out exactly the way that we thought it would and um justin fields had a couple good plays he did he didn't he wasn't great by any means if you look at his stats uh, he was, I think, what was he, uh, nine, 11, was he 11 for 22 or something like that? I think so. Yeah. That seems like not enough passing to be what he actually Yeah, that doesn't seem like enough, but he, he, he did not have a good day. I just, he had a, yeah. he had a couple good plays. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Um, Jakeem Grant, though, he was explosive. Oh, I know. That was crazy. Holy cow. And we've been waiting for that. Um, and, and he's been working hard, so that's really exciting to see. Um, this is the thing that stuck out to me the most. The play calling in the first half, creative. The play calling in the second half, it was like they didn't, they didn't want to do what they did in the first half. <laughs> like It was like literally like, oh, we have the win. Let's just change the way we're calling things and see if that works too. <laughs> it was awesome. ridiculous. I don't know. Did you do you agree? Did you see the same creativity in the second half? No, no, not really. No, and I think they're going to get freaking um, uh, Justin Fields like killed if they don't start running the ball more. Like, what is up with us not running the ball? We have two good running backs. Our offensive line likes to mash. Like, I don't get it. Um. Oh, listen to this, Jakeem Grant. His punt return for a touchdown. Are you ready for this? Is the first punt return for a touchdown all year by any team. That is crazy. Isn't that insane? It is. Like, how is that? How are, like, it was, <laughs> it's, like, when it was said on the radio, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, Habarkish is the one who revealed that. And, like, even, like, Boers and uh, Ramini, like, the, they were both uh, just kind of like, what? How is this not a bigger deal? Yeah, right. But yeah, that was the first punt return touchdown all season. Moving on, uh, Buffalo went into Tampa Bay and lost. They were down quite a bit and came back, but still lost 33-27. to 27. Um, I think it's interesting. The Bills, man, we were talking about them as Super Bowl favorites at one point. And mm -hmm. now... 
they're seven and six. Yeah, I mean, they're still very much in the playoffs, but I oh, mean, like, totally. every team is almost like, in the playoffs. The Bears still have a chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, but like we we had mentioned, you know, it's um, defenses are starting to figure out how to deal with Josh Allen and they're doing it pretty well. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers specifically um, kind of sold out to stop Josh Allen, which is why they were able to rip off a couple of good runs with the with the. Uh, the running backs, which hasn't happened all year for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and they, that, that's the thing that's kind of frustrating about uh, McDermott is he's so dead set on doing what he's going to do that he won't just do what's going to win them the game, which they needed to, they ran the ball seven times with running backs, seven times. Mm. And they, and Devin Singletary had a 13 yard average. Like, wow. wow. Like what? It, like what is he doing? Like he, like I thought he was actually kind of a, a good coach until one, the way that he lost to the New England Patriots. Two, how he reacted to losing to the New England Patriots, and three, this game, like back to back games, right? I'm just like, man, you're, you're kind are, of over him. Yeah, I'm kind of over it. I don't think they're gonna have much success. I really um, don't either. So, yeah. Um, next up, the Rams uh, went into. Arizona and one upsetting the the Cardinals 30 to 23. Um, what's the thing that stuck out the most to you? I mean, the Rams offense was just super clicking again. Like they were in the yeah. beginning of the year. And honestly, Kyler just, he looks like he's trying to do all of it, all the work. Mm. Um, and it's, uh, you know, and James Conner has been like a big help to over the last week. So, you know, he James Conner did a lot in the receiving game, but he didn't really do much rushing. So, uh, it really, I don't know. I, I feel like King Kingsbury kind of relies on him to just use his skills to make plays, which is fine because he's a great quarterback, and that mm-hmm. will happen. But you know, he's got to give him some help. He's got, you know, like no, I agree. I, I agree. Although I'll tell you, say this: DeAndre Hopkins did not look right. He did not look good in that game at all. Well, We'll see now he's injured. He's injured. Yeah, he's injured <laughs> now. I know. I see that. Um, he was, he was but, probably injured sometime in the early in the game. I bet. But he, yeah, he was dropping passes, and I was like, "Well, this is not good." Yeah. Um, but listen, did you see the stat though during the game? The Cardinals are undefeated on the road, but they're five hundred at home. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know what that means. Like. Do they get soft at home? Are they get cocky, or is it is it just like just a random fact that really isn't true to the team? It's like one of those things that's crazy that it's happening, but it'll return to the mean. Okay, yeah. Stafford, by the way, did look great. I agree with you. Um, Atlanta uh, went into Carolina and beat tw- beat them twenty nine twenty one. I have Atlanta man is my surprise team to make the playoffs. Really. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they're going to they're going to get in. Now, everyone is still alive in the NFC. So it's so there's that. <laughs> right. So there's that. Um, but I think they're, they're one game out right now. Mm-hmm. And I like their offense when Cordell Patterson is in it. Yeah, they, they stuffed him pretty good this game, though. He had 16 carries for 58. I mean, Mike, Mike Davis was more efficient, which is, man, that's sad when you say Mike Davis is more efficient. No, but I think that's the point is that teams are now keying on Cordell. And so it's opening up everything else. Yeah. I mean, Russell Gage had a, at another good game, uh, yep. a good, another good NFL game, not like fantasy or anything like that. No, he didn't have a great fantasy um, game. He had a decent fantasy game. But no, he had, you know, he's, he's starting to kind of use him a lot more. It seems like Cal Pitts got into the action a little bit. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't know. Their defense is not good. And I mean, Matt Ryan is, I don't think he's going to be able to keep up a good, you know, a good quarterback play. I mean, that game, he looked really good, but you know, he was still only 19 for 28 for 190 yards. So, I mean, it's. No, I, I, I'm not saying they're an amazing. And they beat beat a inept Carolina, Carolina Panthers defense offense. Oh, sorry. Carolina Panthers offense. (laughs) Um, I mean, Kevin might be the best goal lineback of all time, but he is, he and PJ Walker do not make even like a quarter of a quarterback. It seems like. How about Carolina spiraling? 
Well, that's what's going to happen, you know, when you have a bad team. So when you go out and you sign Cam Newton in the middle of the year, that's never going to mean that you're going to be better. Like, yeah, that's right. So I agree. Um, I agree with that completely. Um, So these are uh, the Falcons last four games, San Francisco, Detroit, Buffalo, which is not going to, there's no way they win that. Um, And then new Orleans. Okay, so so it's, it's it's a winnable schedule. Yeah, they might go two and know. two, maybe three and two or three and one. I but I think they're they're two. my surprise team to make the playoffs for sure. Like I wish you know what we need to have a have like a piece of paper where we write down these like um, uh, guesses that we make and see who's who's right and who's wrong. Hmm. So if you could put that together, that'd be great. Um, last up. Off our top five games, and one of them is always the Bears. Um, the Jaguars got blanked by the Titans, twenty to zero. There is so much drama in Jacksonville. So much drama. Did you hear this new news that came out um, this week about Urban Meyer and being a total d bag? Urban Meyer kicked Josh Lambeau during the preseason kicked him while he was doing his stretches <laughs> saying you better hit your effing kicks and then josh lambo jumped up and said don't you ever effing kick me again what do you, urban meyer is like he's like an idiot. Treating, treating these guys like they're boys these guys are grown-ass professionals right <laughs> like, these are men them, they're gonna get up they're either a gonna whoop you or b sue you <laughs> like i don't know what he's thinking <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Urban Meyer, man, I, I did not know he was such a ridiculous coach. Like, he is ridiculous. It's yeah, like he's... every week there's more drama. I can't, I actually feel bad, and I hate Trevor Lawrence, but I actually feel bad for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> like, Yeah, I think it's going to do him a lot of good to get away from him. Oh, yeah. He's going to be fired after this year for sure. Um, And his play calling is terrible. Is. Why are you not using James Robinson? Like, well... That what particular game, you are not that, using James Robinson. That particular game, Robinson got stuffed Dude, every single time he touched the so ball. So the last two so, games before this one, he was benched for twenty plays because of a fumble. Well, that's that's a totally different story. Like Urban Meyer's just an idiot. Like yeah, that's what but I mean. in this game, like he got the ball, he just got stuffed. You know, he got he it. Just, I think five times. Yeah, I mean, that's five times. You got to run it five, more than five times. It's more than five times. No, no, no. I checked. Really? It was five times? All right. Yeah. Well, I, I could have sworn I saw it more than that. But, okay. Um, well, I'll double six check. Six times. Time. Six times. It was six. So <laughs> take that. Um, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Dang it. He's at a, he's at a .7 average for the game. So to be honest, I kind of – the running game wasn't working. They were completely all over Trevor Lawrence all game. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what you do. As a team, Trevor Lawrence is like running for his life every play, throws four picks. You know, poor guy. Like he's well, what is, he's thrown fourteen picks already. Yeah, he's th- man. I don't I think, know. He's thrown a lot of picks. I think he's thrown fourteen picks and nine touchdowns. Really, yeah. only fourteen picks? That's not that bad. Um, he's had like two four pick games, so that's why it probably feels like it's way more. Oh wow, uh, yeah, wow. But um. But yeah, no, he's he's a rookie, and I honestly watching him play, he's, I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be really good. Um, but again, he's not playing; he's not even close to the best rookie quarterback right now. Um, but you do kind of see that kind of the this that like potential that he has. You know, he he seems like he's going to be better, but we'll see. I mm. guess. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm going to check those. Only 14 interceptions. That dry, that's that's crazy to me to even think that he only has that many. Right. Wow, he it had a few regular games. season regular season nine touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Yep. Yeah, he's he's had a few games where he didn't have any interceptions. Like six. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's not as bad as you're right. You're right, man. It just seems really bad because it's the Jaguars. Yep. Um, and then on, across the field was Mike Vrabel, who is by I think 
doing some of the best coaching he's ever done. Like, you don't have Derrick Henry. You don't have um, your wide receivers totally healthy. Does he have any wide receivers? Is A.J. Brown in? No, he's not. Julio came back this week, though. Julio did come back this week. Okay. But, man, this is some of the best coaching um, in the NFL right now. I really like Mike Vrabel. I think he's one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL. Yeah, I I might agree with you. All right, man. So after watching all the games, what was your best play of the week? The James Conner one-headed catch was pretty pretty great. He had another – I don't think I saw that. He had another one-handed catch this week? Yep, he did. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Mine's the Jakeem Grant punt return. Uh, yes, it was yes. very Devin Hester-ish, if you will. Mm. Um, and then my worst play is Sean McVay um, with uh, the big lead in the Rams game. Um, he didn't run the ball to, like, run the clock out, and it gave the Cardinals the chance to win. Now, I'm glad he didn't because the guy I was playing had Sony Michelle. And I was only up by 13 points. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was pretty foolish to yeah, not run the ball more and get that clock run down. I think so, too. So that's my worst play. What's your worst play? Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence's four interceptions. They were bad. Did you like they were like bad? Yeah, they were. They were they were pretty hideous. Look, yeah. And that's what made me think he had more than 14. Well, we could, yeah, because when you see him, you're like, man, this guy sucks. But then he doesn't for like throw one for six games, and you're like, don't even realize it because <laughs> you're just convinced he sucks now. Well, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was convinced after the week one when he had the four interceptions. Hmm. So in two games, he has eight interceptions. That's wild. Hmm. All right. Who's your king of the hill? Uh, well, uh, I got New England. I have no reason to change it. So yep. they were on by. Yep. Of the Patriots, who do you think is going to win the Patriots-Colts this week? Well, Patriots for sure. The Colts have been really good against mediocre teams. And yes. when they've seen good teams, they kind of look really bad. So Although they did beat Buffalo. They did. Crushed uh, like Buffalo. They did. They did. Um, but but again, like, like we just talked about, Buffalo isn't maybe who we thought they were. So Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I agree. Patriots, you can't take them off. They had a bye week. Who cares? They're still the Patriots. Um, who's your rolling down the hill? Jacksonville. Me too. Really? I thought you were going to say Houston. No, they're, they've been at the bottom for a little, for a couple weeks now. So it's time to reelect Jacksonville to show how terrible their, their whole setup is going with urban Meyer. Yeah. I think you have to put him there with the play calling, the drama, urban Meyer period. Like, Mm-hmm. I mean, Urban Meyer is like is tarnishing his legacy right now. I mean, I he came into this year and I thought, wow, man, this could this could be a great coup for the um, the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, and I and I actually kind of like Urban Meyer. I never hated him a ton, um, but man, he is a joke. He is mm-hmm. tarnishing his career, and he's going to be remembered for this too. Yeah, I mean. Um... Nick Saban has Nick Saban. Um, yeah, has uh, the luxury of being an awesome coach at Alabama since he, you know, failed out of the NFL. Um, yeah, he, but will he not. didn't fail out with drama. He failed no, not out with drama with just not winning. He, he's not good. Yeah, he's not good at being an uh, NFL coach. Yeah. Yeah, I think a couple um, things didn't go their way too, um, but I just can't remember what it was. I need to look look that up. Maybe it was the Dante Culpepper thing. Yeah, that was what it was. They decided to get Dante Culpepper instead of Drew Brees. <laughs> That's what it was. Wait, what? Yeah. Dante Culpepper. Nick Saban's coaches, Nick Saban's, like... Nick Saban's doctors told him that Drew Brees with the Chargers um, was uh, his injury was going to affect his career. And so he didn't sign him. They signed Dante Culpepper instead. I thought Dante Culpepper was like four years older than him. Yeah, they were both free agents. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I'm sorry. When you said sign, I thought you were talking about the college in college. Because mm. that's signing day just happened today, so that's what's in my mind. I apologize. But isn't this an early signing day? It does seem like it. It's normally um, February, isn't it? Like to go back and note that you are right. I, I read uh, my fit, my best play from last week. 
Um, this week it's Dorrance Armstrong for the for the uh, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. I don't know if you saw this play where he um, Kyle Anna, Allen throws the ball, he tips it up like like cat like reflexes, tips it up, then catches it and runs it in for a touchdown. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I did see that. That was awesome. Yeah. So uh, great play on his part. Okay. Okay. That's funny that you, you, I was like, I didn't remember James Conner doing that again. Well, then you're like, oh, you did it again this week? I'm like, what are you fucking about? I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're right. That was against the Bears. <laughs> um, something interesting before we uh, jump into fantasy football depression. Um, I don't know if you realize this, but Deion Sanders won uh, coach of the year in the FCS. I did not know that. You ready for this one? This is even bigger. The number two recruit in college, in high school, going to college football was going to be going to Florida State, and he decided not to go to Florida State and is going to Jackson State to work with Deion Sanders. Whoa. Yeah. There's something big happening at Jackson State. And remember, that's where Walter Payton graduated college or went to college as well. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, lots of interesting stuff happening at Jackson State right now. So congratulations to Deion Sanders. We love you, man. All right, let's go to fantasy football depression. I'm not as depressed as you this week, even though you're still happy because you're in the playoffs and I'm not. Mm-hmm. So fantasy football depression. Josh, who is your superstar, my friend? My superstar is Josh Allen, actually. Threw, threw down like 30 points in, I think, just one quarter at the end of that game. Yeah, um, he had like he had very few points and then he just exploded. He absolutely went nuclear and uh, almost brought his team back. And that's uh, impressive. What do you got? Um, I've got uh, James Conner, ironically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 33 points, man. Um, he was the second leading point getter fantasy-wise um, for running backs outside of uh, Dalvin Cook. Nice. Yeah. James Conner, man. Right now, he's the sixth best running back in the NFL. Who would have guessed that at the beginning of the year? Nobody. Yeah. Who's your bust? Travis Kelsey. Mine too. Man. Five points. He is the second week in a row. He, uh, I need you, Travis, to tear me through the playoffs. Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, teams are like uh, deciding to shut him down and making uh, Mahomes throw elsewhere. I mean, you, they're, but they're shutting down Tyreek too. That's the crazy part. It's not like Tyreek has had, like, awesome games, too. I mean, he he did have the one week, two weeks ago, that he was awesome. But, like, last week he wasn't huge, you know? Yeah, you're right. So, I think I think it's just bad luck. That's what I'm going with. Oh, and last week they, they got up really quickly and from, like, a defensive score and then two running, running scores. So, mm. I think that had something to do with it as well. Yeah. No, I, they had those running scores, and that was huge. So, they probably took their foot off the – the um pedal yeah um who's your drop uh you know this is kind of like a maybe you shouldn't but honestly at this point it can you really keep kareem hunt on your bench i mean he's he's injured again right he's doubtful to play this week it's a it's another ankle i believe so who knows if he plays within the next two weeks and you need to pick up players that other people might play so um that's who I got. Who you got? Yeah, and I actually also on that note, um, the Browns game might get postponed because of all the COVID. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of their players, including Baker Mayfield um, and coaches, including Josh Stamf- St- uh, Stefan. Oh, my gosh. What's his first name? Kevin Stefanski? Yes. Yeah, Kevin Stefanski uh, has COVID as well. So they might postpone the game. So it might be worth dropping. My drop is DeAndre Hopkins. He's injured. It's the playoffs. You don't need him on your bench. He's going to be out for a few weeks. It's almost the end of the year. Just drop him and pick up someone else. Mm -hmm. And my player I don't want my brother to pick up is Rashard Penny. Gosh. And I got I I had him too. Um, But in addition to that, you should take a look at uh, Dearness Johnson. Really? Because Kareem Hunt is out. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know how I got Rashad Penny. I was like the seventh waiver claim. 
I decided to just throw it in there because I was like, just in case. Yeah, I really wanted him, and you picked him up over me, and you're not even in the playoffs. I know. I'm not even playing this week. You know what, though? I like it. I like it. I like you staying competitive even when it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a rough year. I got to have something. <laughs> yeah, get that. What's the highest place you can get now is uh, seventh in the consolation. Is it bracket. really? Oh, get seventh. Get seventh, bro. Do it. I'm going. I'm going for it. That's funny. Um, all right. Well, it is December 15th, and the player that we're going to talk about today and um, uh, kind of look at his career that was born December 15th, Rodney Harrison. Um, he went, are you ready for this? He went to Western Illinois University. He was the leading, ta- he, he is the leading tackler um, in their, in his career at Western Illinois. No one's had, had more tackles, 345. And he was an All-American sophomore and junior year. And he didn't get drafted until the fifth round. What's the thing that you remember most about him? Uh, being a, just a total bruiser, you know, kind of that dying breed at the time um, when he played for the Patriots that just knock your head off. Like, that's why you're not going to catch the ball. It's not going to be because I'm like just covering you. It's going to be because I'm about to kill you. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fearsome and, tackler. You know, he was voted as the dirtiest player in the NFL in 04 and 08 by his peers. <laughs> Right? I know. Yep. I kind of respect it. I'm not going to lie. Yep. Um, he went to – how many Super Bowls do you think he went to? Uh, off the top of my head, I think he went to – well, he definitely won two with the Patriots. I think he went to three, though, because I think he was around for that first loss. You were close. He went to four. He went to one his rookie year with the Chargers. Oh, Okay. And he lost that. Then he won two um, with the Patriots in 03 and 04. And then he lost one in 08. In fact, he is the player that David that uh, David Tyree caught the helmet ball. Over. Oh, interesting. I, that totally, that totally is, makes sense. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was interesting. Um. And this is also interesting. He has the most sacks by any defensive back in NFL history. With guess how many? Defensive back, so probably 27. Close, 30. Oh, wow. There's only two members in the NFL. This is the last thing I'm going to tell you about Rodney Harrison, because I always really liked him. Um, He is one of two players to have 30 sacks and 30 interceptions in their career. Who is the other player? He was the first to do it. Oh, he was the first to do it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go with Troy Palomalo. Good guess. No. Ray Lewis. Oh. oh Can you believe I... he had 30 interceptions? He that was doesn't a... make sense. Dude, he was like in the middle of the field all the time, though. He, I remember yeah, that Yeah, that's true. Like Brian Urlacher. Yeah, I remember because um, Ed Reed and him were like, even though they played at different levels, they like work together in this weird fashion to like make drive quarterbacks crazy. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Interesting yeah, stat. Yeah. Rodney Harrison born December 15th. Happy birthday, my friend. All right, Josh, it's time for the hub controversy. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Like we do every week, I'm gonna give you a I'm gonna give you something that Hub Hub said, and we're gonna debate hour upon hour, day after day, if we agree or we disagree. This week, Hub Arkish said that Robert Quinn, if he is not an All Pro this year, there is something wrong. In fact, he said he should get some votes for Defensive Player of the Year. That's high and lofty stuff, Josh. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Me too. Me too. Oh, man, I thought we were really going to go to blows that time. I agree. Robert Quinn, man, he has 14 sacks this year. Do you know what the record, the Chicago Bears record is? No, I don't, actually. 17 and a half. Was that Dan Hampton? No, it was uh, Richard Dent. Richard Dent, okay. Richard Dent. But he he had 17 and a half. Robert Quinn has 14, and there's four games left. 
I think he might break the Bears' record. Uh, he, yeah. <laughs> if, in fact, I'd be shocked if he doesn't. But I've seen crazier things happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Although we are playing the Vikings, so we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh. Well, we're almost out of time, so I really wanted to quickly talk. Um, the Chicago Bulls this week had two Oh, games. hold on, Dave, Dave. There's, um, there's something I forgot to mention in the fantasy oh. football depression. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, so it's the playoff time. So um, there are people on your bench that you have been stashing all year. Uh, take a look at their schedules. Think about if you're going to play them or not, and then drop them. And pick up the players that you know people will need, such as defenses and good matchups and players that are off of injury that are going to have bigger roles. Don't hang on to guys that you know you're not going to play and let somebody else pick them up and play them because you know, they're bad matchups. They'll probably sink their team instead of yours. Um, so keep in mind that this is you're, you're playing for one week at a time at this point. So, Josh, this week, would you play Richard Penny or would you play James Robinson against the Houston Texans? It's the Houston Texans. I know it seems like a no-brainer, but he's not getting the ball. Okay, we'll talk next week, and you let me know how that went. Okay. <laughs> Good thing I don't have a game this week, and that could be why. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You don't. Never mind. Because <laughs> right. it won't. What were you going to say? Because it won't matter. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, Josh, uh, you're a jerk. You used all the time up, so we'll have to wait till next week to talk about the dodgeball championships. Um, Until next week, guys, stay cynical. Bye.